Well, good morning once again. So good to be in the house of the Lord, even on daylight savings time. Last week, we started a brand new series titled Fearless with the message, The Fear of the Lord. We, po- we talked about the fact that it is possible to walk through this life without an unhealthy fear, but that it was only possible if we first begin with the fear of the Lord. See, we can't be fearless if we don't have, first have a reverent fear of God, which really is simply this. It's an awareness of who God is, of how awesome He is, and how He is always ever-present. He's always there with us. I opened last week, though, with a statement that was something to the effect of how fear has gripped this world. And I'd say today, after this week, fear has gripped our community even more so. You know, we've, we've seen um, additional coronavirus outbreaks, even now hitting Middle Tennessee. We've seen active cases here. And, and then we had on Monday night, in the middle of the night, a tornado that came through. On Sunday, I talked to you about how we shouldn't be, be fearful and how we shouldn't hoard supplies. But I also warned you on Sunday that natural disasters are something that happen. They happen on a regular basis. And I also said people are seldom prepared when they do. How many of you took my be prepared for natural disasters talk last week serious? Hope you took it to heart. I talked to you last week about having water and other non-perishable items. And I said, listen, that's not being living in fear. It's just simply being prepared. I also suggested to you, those who haven't taken one of Pastor Toby's disaster preparedness classes that he offers free in the community, you ought to take it. On Monday night, we got a reminder of just how often these disasters do happen. When a tornado touched down and it ripped a 50-mile path through Middle Tennessee. Well, if you didn't prepare on Sunday or Monday of last week, good luck now. There's nothing left in the stores. Sam's Club has now put a five-case limit per person on water. The reason I know this is we went to try to buy 10 cases of water this week, not for some disaster preparedness, but just because we needed it for fine arts. We went to buy 10, and we said, we're told we can get five. So I had to send somebody else back to the store to get another five because we needed 10. Listen, preparedness is not living in fear. It's simply just that, being prepared. Be prepared. Fear has been something, though, that has been a problem since before man even left the Garden of Eden. We were not even out of Genesis chapter 3 before fear is first mentioned. The New King James Version says it this way. He said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So what happened here? This is, this is Adam. Adam and Eve are in the garden. Everything is great. And they do the one thing that God tells them not to do. They eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And all of a sudden they become aware of their nakedness. Shame comes over them, and then the fear of disappointment, the fear of what comes next. The fear of not knowing what comes next is something 
that has affected most everyone at some point or another. There's this uneasiness or, or unsettling that often gets people worried and upset. Maybe you've experienced some of those same feelings. Maybe you've experienced them this week. This morning, I want to talk to you about that unsettled feeling. So if you got your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 43. I want to touch on one verse here in Isaiah 43, and then we're going to spend a little bit of time in John 14 this morning. So if you got your Bibles, Isaiah 43, 1 says this, But now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O jo Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. So Isaiah says here, he says, fear not. Fear not. But you need to understand, Isaiah had already prophesied that Israel would go into captivity. They were going to be bad days ahead for Israel. But the word of the Lord to Israel here is to fear not. Yes, bad days are coming, but God is saying, fear not. Why? Because Israel was still God's chosen people. The word here in, in that passage where it says, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, that word there, that created word being used in this passage is the same word that is used back in Genesis when God is talking about all of creation. God had formed this nation, Israel. God said, I have called you by name. You are mine. And in Genesis 1, on the sixth day, when God looks at everything he created... He looks at it and says, it is very good. Church, you are part of that creation. God looked at his creation and he said, it is very good. God created you in his image, looked upon his creation and said, my creation is very good. Now, now we know this, we are not perfect. We know we were born into sin, but we also know we are still God's creation. God created the heavens and the earth. He, he created everything seen and everything unseen. And church, you need to understand that includes you. Yes, your life may have trouble. Yes, things may look uncertain. But I'm here to remind you this morning, the same God that hung the stars in the sky, the same God, as Pastor Toby talked about last week, holds the universe in his hand. That same God is the God who created you. So when your mind is unsettled, I want you to remember the creator created you. The creator of all things created you. Church, you are God's creation. When, when things seem unsettled, when things seem unnerved, you need to hold on to that fact and know and understand that you are God's creation. Look at that verse again. It says, But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. I have redeemed you. Listen, this, this passage right here serves both as a reminder of what God had done. You know, you remember God took Israel out of Egypt. He took them out of the bondage of slavery. But it's also a promise of how God would rescue them from the captivity that still lied ahead. 
We as people live in the here and now, right, in the present tense. But God is not held to time constraints. He is already there in the future as well. Isaiah in this passage speaks of trouble that lies ahead, and God gives him a word for the people of Israel, and that word is fear not, for I have redeemed you. Yes, you will be in bondage once again, but fear not. Yes, there are bad times ahead, but fear not. I have redeemed you. And you see how he uses that in the, the, as it's already happened. He's talking about something that's going to happen. They're going to be taken into captivity. They're going to go into Babylon. They're going to be in bondage. But yet it says, I have redeemed you. See, God has already done it. We may not have walked through it yet, but he has already taken care of it. And you need to understand that, that this is not just speaking of the bondage that Israel would face at the hand of Babylon, though. But it speaks to the bondage of sin that all men have been subject to. And that word, fear not, for you are my creation, and and fear not, for I have redeemed you, is a word for us today just as much as it was for Israel 700 years before Christ came. Because here in this passage, it's also foreshadowing, it's prophesying of the coming Messiah. So if you still got your Bible, turn to John 14 with me, if you would. John 14, verse number 1 says this, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. This is Jesus talking. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There in verse 1, Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. The Amplified says it this way, don't let your heart be, be troubled, distressed, agitated. The Good News Version says, do not be worried and upset. Why would Jesus say this? Well, he had just told them, one of you is going to betray me. And then he also just told them, and Peter, you're going to betray me three times before the morning comes. And they're like, no way. You need to understand, though, earlier in John, in John chapter 6, Jesus is saying some hard things, and a lot of people leave him. And he looks to the disciples, and he's like, what about you? What about you? Are you going to leave me too? And they're like, no way. We're with you to the end. But yet here we are in the upper room on the night he's about to be betrayed. They're having the, the... the Last Supper there together, and Jesus is telling them, he's like, listen, one of you right here at this table is going to betray me. And Peter, Peter, the one who's all in, he, he is the one who is, is ready to go. And he says, Peter, you, you're going to betray me three times. He's explaining to them, I'm about to go away. He's, he's explaining to the disciples what's about to happen. He's, he's about to go to the cross. He's about to pay the price for the sin of the world. And, and he's, he's saying, 
and one of you are going to betray me. And so why does he say all this? He says all this to say this, bad times are coming. You're not going to understand it all right now. But listen to me. Let your heart not be troubled. Don't let it stress you out. Don't let it agitate you. Don't let it worry you. He's not saying that things aren't going to look bad. He's not saying trouble isn't coming. What he's saying is even though things look bad, even though there are, there are things that are going to be disturbing, you have reason to not be fearful. Why? He said it right there. Let your, not, let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Believe in me. He's telling them that this is not the end. You're, you're not always going to understand everything. You ever been there where you don't just understand everything, where it all doesn't just make sense to you? There are going to be days when you feel uncertain, and, and there are going to be days when you need to rely on the fact that you know him. That's what he's saying right there. He says, believe also in me. There are going to be times over these next days as he, he's talking to them there on this Thursday night. Listen, days are going to look dark. I'm about to go to the cross. It's not going to look very promising. But here's what I need you to do. I need you to trust in me. I need you to believe in me. Though the days are dark, he's saying, there's still hope. It's not over. Isaiah had already foreshadowed this in Isaiah 43. He said, but now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Again, Isaiah is speaking of the dark days of head in Babylon, but he's also prophesying of the coming Messiah that will one day pay the price for the ransom of all mankind. Church, even though the days may be dark, even though you may not understand, I'm here to tell you this morning, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then there is hope. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you need to understand this, then you are redeemed. That means there's hope for you. There may be things you don't understand, but if you put your trust in Jesus Christ, then you can know that the, pay, the price for redemption has already been paid. No matter what the world throws at you, you can stand fast to this fact that the price has been paid. You have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You have not been simply bought out of slavery. There's more to redemption than that. The, the, it's, it's that, but it's so much more. He has not only bought you out of the slavery of bondage of sin, but He has placed you by redeeming you back onto the road that He has for you, His plan for you. And I told you last week, His plans for you are not doom and gloom. His plans for you are good. He has a hope and a future for you. Look at verse 2 again in John chapter 9, or John chapter 16. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Church, this life is not the end. No matter the tragedy that strikes, no matter the doom and gloom that news may spout, 
This world is not our own. Paul talks of it this way. He says, we are aliens in this world. We have a home that is being prepared for us. It's a home that no tornado can destroy, no flood can overtake, no fire can consume. We've got a home being prepared for us that won't need a blue tarp to keep the rain out. And most importantly, the dwelling place he's preparing for us is a new body. Paul says it this way in his letter to the church of Corinth. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. Here Paul is talking about the new body we are promised by God. It's not a body prepared by human hands. It's a body that will not be destroyed. It's one that is not corrupted by sin, which means it is not subject to death. It's a body that we're told will be free from pain and disease. I don't know about you, but the older I get and the more this body begins to break down, the clearer Paul's words speak to me here. The louder they speak, those, those words there in verse number 2, For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with the, our habitation which is from heaven. This body right here of late especially groans. You know, most of you, most of you know I've been battling with a lot of pain in my back with some issues from some discs in my neck. It's caused a lot of pain, and it's made it hard and difficult to sleep. My body has groaned. That, that verse speaks to me loud and clear. That This body desires to be clothed in that dwelling place, the one that Jesus is preparing. Can anyone relate? I can't wait for that body to be free from pain and suffering. One with a full head of hair. <laughs> and a six-pack ab. <laughs> we are told that by His stripes we have healing. And I pray for healing. And I believe for healing because we have a promise of healing. And when I don't see it manifested in the here and now, I know that each day... I'm a day closer to that promised healing. Jesus tells us, pray God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, in heaven, I know there's no more pain. I know there's no more disease. So I pray God's will be done. I pray of that, that no pain, that no disease be done on earth as it is already in heaven. And when I pray this, I can know if I don't see it manifested today. I know that, the heal, that healing is the will of God because His Word declares it to be so. It's a promise. And I know that there will come a day that if I don't see it in this life, it's promised to me in the next. And I know that every day is a day closer to it being manifested. It's a promise from God. This life is but a vapor and it's gone. But let me tell you, it's not over when this body is done. When this body gives away, that's not the end. Look at verse 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. Here's what you can know. Through this life, you will have trouble. In this body, 
you will have pain. But you can know this, Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you. You can know this, this life is not the end. I have a hope and a future. Jesus himself has gone to prepare a place. It's a place that moss won't eat and rust won't destroy. If you have put your trust in Jesus, then you have a promise of eternity with him. But let me talk to you real quick, the other side to that. Regardless of whether or not you put your trust in him, this life is not the end. You can put your trust in him and have the promise of heaven. Or you can continue to walk through this life in fear and uncertainty, not trusting in Jesus. And you can know this, that when this body gives way, you will have an eternity of separation from him. And you will find out that the hell that you thought you were living in here in this earth is nothing like which waits you in eternity. This life is not the end. In verse 6, Jesus says this. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He is the only way to the Father. When life feels uncertain, when life storms come to you, you can hold fast to that truth that this life is not the end and there is something so much greater that awaits you if you have put your trust in Him. Real quick, back to Isaiah 43. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When the world has turned its back on you, sometimes it will. When you feel like all hope is gone, you ever been there? When you wonder, does anyone even see me? Does anyone even know the trouble that I'm going through? Does anybody see the struggle that I have? I'm here to remind you this morning that God knows you. His word declares that he knows you. He created you. He redeemed you. He calls you by your name. That's a personal relationship that he has with you. He sees the pain you're in. He sees the trouble you have faced, and He will not leave you in it forever. Here's how I know. John 14, 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That's our hope right there. That's our hope. When the world is, is come against you. When it seems like you have no hope, you have that hope. You have that hope. On the night that he was betrayed, on the night where the lives of the disciples would be turned upside down, on that night at which darkness would come, Jesus is giving the disciples this word of hope right here. Things are going to get bad. Things are going to look really bad. They're about to take me to the cross. They're about to put me in the ground, but you can know this. I will come again. 
there is hope where it sees, seems like there is no hope. And he's saying to them, fear not. And he's saying the same thing to you today. He's saying, I will come again. I will not leave you in this world. Church, I'm here to tell you this morning that no matter what comes your way, this life is not the end. Your story isn't over. Jesus is coming again. That's the word that he leaves with the disciples on the night that he's betrayed. On the night when it looks like all is going to get torn upside down. He, he's telling them, Judas, you're about to betray me. Peter, you're going to deny me. They're going to put me on a cross. They're going to stick me in the ground. But I'm here to tell you that's not the end. There is hope. It's going to look bad. But listen to me. Trust in me. I've got so much more for you. And as we wrap this morning, I want to ask you the question. Is your life filled with fear and uncertainty? Jesus is saying to you the same thing he said to those disciples. Put your trust in me. The word that was prophesied 700 years before Jesus was born by Isaiah. Fear not, for I created you. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. Again, it's past tense. In God, it's already done. In God, it's already done. He's saying, you're my creation. I paid the price for you. This life that you're living, no matter the struggle, no matter the trial, no matter the fear that may come against you, this life is not the final chapter. I have more for you. He's saying to you today, I see you, and I will not leave you. He wants to remind you, in the midst of our struggle, in the midst of our pain, He wants you to know He's coming again. Every day is one day closer to His return. Today, today, I close with this question. Have you put your trust in Him? Are you relying on Him? Because if you're relying on Him, you can count on the words that He gave to the disciples. Let your heart not be troubled. Let your heart not be troubled. In this life, you will have trouble. But have joy. Be of good cheer. For He has overcome the world. Amen? No matter what you're facing today, no matter what challenge, Jesus has overcome. Can I pray for you this morning?